Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Throughout the week, I have been thinking about the words of Psalm 118, verse 24. They're very persuasive. Here's what it says. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. And that word glad actually comes from a Hebrew word, which means to rejoice. So we could say it this way. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will rejoice in it. So I think the author is trying to encourage us with the reality that this day, right here in front of us, what we are experiencing now, what we are thinking through, this is God's day. He made it, and our responsibility now is to rejoice, and then rejoice again, or to be glad in it. So this day right here, what we are walking through, it's a great day, right? Oh, come on. The day we're walking through right now, this is a great day, right? Yeah, it's a great day for two reasons. Can I tell you my two reasons? Reason number one is what we just read in Psalm 118. This is God's day. So our response is to rejoice and be glad in it. By the way, if you have not found a life verse yet to guide you through 2020, Psalm 118 verse 24 would be a great choice. And you might wanna think about that as we continue to talk through life verse today. So one of the reasons we can be glad in this day is because of what we read in scripture in Psalm 118. The second reason this is a great day, and I really believe that, is because we have the chance to allow this day to center our lives again on things that matter, on things that God wants for us, on things that I believe bring a smile to the face of God. So this day is great because Psalm 118 declares it to be so. It's God's day, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. I think this is also a great day because at the beginning of 2020, and it's still very new for us, we get the chance just to center our lives again on things that God wants for us. Here's how we live that out at Valley Point in terms of what God wants for us. We find that in scripture. And that's why on Sundays we open up the word of God, we read from it, we wrestle with it, we memorize verses, and we're gonna see how everybody did memorizing Matthew 5, 14 through 15 in just a little bit. God's word matters and it helps us to center our lives. And so we think through that. We also here at Valley Point choose to center our lives by giving things away to others, by loving the communities around us. And we have a grand opportunity in front of us next Sunday with our very first love day of the new year. You have a flyer in your program that describes that. It's a collection day. And if you'll take that out and look at it, we're gonna partner with the Friendship House in Wilmington. This is a new partner for us, and they are amazing. We're really thrilled with them, and they're happy with us, and 
how we have supported them already and encouraged them and sent volunteers their way. We're gonna collect several different items for them and you can read all about that on your sheet. You're coming to church next Sunday. I hope you are. I hope you'll be here. We just want you to bring a few things with you. And the Friendship House is going to be here. They'll collect all of the stuff and they'll take it and begin to use it in their city and with who they serve. And so we get the chance to really help them out. You be sure to take the sheet, collect some things throughout the week and bring them with you next Sunday. All of this just kind of helps center us. Again, giving things away to others. Here's another way we choose to center our lives here at Valley Point, and that is by being in community with other people. Ben talked about this a little bit. It's with our connection groups. A brand new semester is starting soon. I would encourage everybody here to think about being in some type of group because this is where we can laugh with people and cry with them, where we can support others and they can support us when we need it. It's just a great thing and you can find all about that out in the lobby. So let's center our lives, scripture, loving others, and walking through life with other people as well. This is all very important for us. Okay, this is God's day right here. He made it. No matter how we're feeling or what we have walked through this past week, our responsibility now is to rejoice and then rejoice again. Be glad in it. That makes this a wonderful day. We also get the chance to center ourselves on scripture, on loving others and partnering with others. I can't wait to see what God continues to do with all of us. Before we dive into life verse and think about what that means for all of us, I'd like to just pause and pray together. Father, we step into your presence here and we're thankful for this day. You made it. You made it. This is your day. And we are to rejoice and be glad in it. So God, would you help me to pursue that? And God, I want the same for everybody in this room. Help us to pursue thinking about this as your day. And so we can rejoice, we can be glad in what you have created. God, you've given us your word and we're gonna think about that now and lift it up as something important and needful in our lives as we move through our teaching time. Just use scripture, use what we are experiencing as a church and thinking about life verses and how important that is to have. Just use all of this to help shape us into the image of your beloved son. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's a question for us. Why is this important? And by this, I'm talking about life verse. Starting the year by saying, the word of God matters. It's given to us in love, so let's dive into it. Let's wrestle with it because it can be a challenging thing, but let's wrestle with the text and Let's find a verse or two that we can memorize and claim as our own as we begin this new year. Why is this important? And I wanna answer that by giving you one word. 
Here's why I think it's important that we spend time in Scripture at the top of a new year. And that is hope. Hope. I really believe the purpose of Scripture is to bring hope into all of our lives. And that's why this matters. <laughs> that's why we must wrestle with it and take time because as we do that, hope just comes out of what God has given to us in love. This is actually exactly what the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Romans, a book that he wrote. I wanna read these words to you. Romans chapter 15, verse four. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope. Here's the Apostle Paul, and he's saying what was written a long time ago is there to teach us, and part of the purpose of Scripture is also to bring hope into our lives. He was speaking, of course, about Israel's Scriptures, the Old Testament, and what was written long ago, but with hindsight, I think the same thing can apply to the New Testament or the earliest Christian writings. All of this is here to teach us and to bring hope. So why does this matter? Why memorize a few verses? Why wrestle with texts each and every Sunday? And why should you go on your own search to find a verse that just leaps into your heart? Well, we do all of this because Scripture brings hope, brings a lot of hope. And that's great news for all of us. Scholars N.T. Wright and Michael Byrd have this to say about the hope provided in Scripture. If that is so, then a prominent purpose of New Testament study ought to be to explain and illuminate the substance of that hope. In fact, we could even say that the mission of the church is to share and reflect the future hope as the New Testament presents it. So there's two components of this. We study the New Testament and we study the Old Testament as well because there we find hope described in the person of Jesus. And all scripture, all scripture uniquely from the front cover to the back cover all points to the person of Jesus and his salvific work. That's what it does. And so there is hope described for us. And then the second part of what these scholars described is that the church then is to live out this hope based on what we find and what we discover in scripture. Hope is the foundation for the daily workings of the church. Okay, I wanna say that again. Hope is the foundation for the daily workings of the church, or at least it should be. And here's what I want us to think about. Faithful Christian ministry will often take the followers of Jesus into places where hope is in short supply. Right? It just naturally does that. If we are engaged in faithfully following Jesus, that kind of ministry will take us into places where hope is in short supply, places where hopelessness just hangs over a community. Followers of Jesus, they've got to get there. 
Hope takes us to places where racial injustice is seen as a normal thing, and people are okay with that. Followers of Jesus run to that kind of hopelessness and fix it. Hopelessness can be found, or the hope of Scripture actually can be found in places where the circumstances of life have beat people up so much that the only thing they have to look forward to is Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection and how hope can actually be found in that. Hope is found in Scripture and the church, as it engages with Scripture, has the ability to bring hope by teaching that there is more to human existence than just surviving There's more to human existence than hedonism. There's more to human existence than activity and recreation. There's more to human existence than just getting up and going to work and then coming home and having dinner and going to bed and then getting up the next day and going to work and coming home and having dinner and then going to bed and then getting up the next day and the next day for the next 30 to 40 years, there is more to life than just all of that stuff. There is true purpose and meaning in life and there is comfort for those weighed down with hopelessness. Hear that, okay? There is comfort for those weighed down with hopelessness and the church with this hope should shine like a bright light and allow hope to burst forth. The church, we should shine like a bright light and that's what we find in our church-wide life verses. You are the light of the world. Don't hide that. Instead, put it on a stand so that everyone can benefit from this. So the church with this hope should be a bright light and allow hope just to burst forth. And again, we find that hope in scripture and that's why this matters and why it's worthy of our time. It's worth it to start the year, both personally and corporately, to say, let's just dive in and find some words that will guide us. I think that's why we find these words in Jeremiah chapter 15. This is the prophet Jeremiah, and he says this, when your words came, and he's talking about the words of God. God, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. When your words came, I ate them. Isn't that awesome? Oh, come on, isn't that awesome? Like you can picture this. Wow, God, when your words came, I just ate them. I gobbled them up because they were so tasty. And when you understand the context here, it makes a lot of sense. Jeremiah is an Old Testament prophet. He's actually called the weeping prophet. He cried a lot because he had no success. (laughs) Nobody really listened to him. God gave him a message. I want you to say this to the people. And everybody said, forget about it. We don't like you. We don't like what God has to say. And that was the life of Jeremiah. He really didn't have a lot of hope in his life. And so it means a lot that when he says, but your words, God, when, when they came, I ate them. 
The word ate comes from the Hebrew word akal, which means to devour or to consume. So here's Jeremiah. He's got a really tough job. Nobody likes him. Nobody's listening to him. But when the words of God came, he devoured them. He consumed them. And then notice what happened. They, those words, were my joy and my heart's delight. So get this now. In a real way, we can say that the word of God brings joy into our hearts. It brings delight. Question. Do you want to improve your happy factor as you approach 2020? I think the word of God has that kind of ability when we consume it and when we devour it. Anybody crabby? Don't, don't raise your hands. Don't do that. Anybody grumpy today? Some of you are elbowing the person next to you. <laughs> Kindness. I think God's word has the ability to bring joy and delight into our lives. And that leads us to our big idea for today. Please take out your talk notes. Let's fill in some of these blanks. We're talking about scripture its beauty, how it's needed. Here's the big idea. Hope bursts forth from Scripture. It's not like it just leaks out. Hope, as we dive into this and as we read, hope bursts forth from Scripture. It's, mmm, it's tasty. Like we want to devour it and consume it like Jeremiah. Or we want to get into a place where we want it that much, where we're thirsting for it. And I think we can get there as we develop some practical thoughts and helps to move us in that direction. And that's what I want to do now. I want to get very practical and talk to all of us about how we can move into a place where maybe we can say, like Jeremiah, the words of God, I want to eat them and I I need them in my life and I need to consume them. Because... Again, hope, it bursts forth from Scripture. So let's walk through some practical ideas here. This is not all new information. I share this once a year as we think about getting into Scripture because I think it's very practical, but it's always good to go back and review some very simple things. So if you've heard this before, remind yourself about why this is valuable. If you've never heard this before, or you've never really thought about diving into scripture and reading it in a regular kind of way, allow this to encourage you, inspire you, and challenge you to maybe start a new kind of habit in your life. Okay, three thoughts. Number one, pick a place. If we're going to allow scripture to burst forth from us and bring hope into our lives, if we're gonna get into a place where we want to eat scripture, I think we have to pick a place. Where will you read? Where's that sacred spot that you put out your Bible or your device or your book or journal, your devotional, whatever it is that you read? Where is that place? I like to refer to this as chair time. Where's the chair? The sacred chair. Now, I think it's really important to find that because we can put our items there. 
our journals and books and Bibles. And then when we miss a day, what I have noticed is that chair kind of talks to me. <laughs> like, hey, you skipped a day and I'm still here and I want you to read. And okay, there's the chair. And I go back to the chair time and there engage with scripture once again. This may seem like a very simple thing to do, but I think it's vitally important to have a place. What's that sacred spot that I go to? And this is where I read and I investigate and I allow God to talk to me through his word. I think it's really important to have a place and that's gonna be different for all of us. Maybe the place for you is on the train ride into work and you're stuck there and that's your chair for a few minutes and maybe you need to pull out your device and allow that time to be sacred time, useful time where you're reading about God and having him speak to you. Maybe it's a place in your office where you can get alone and have a little bit of time to think about what God wants for you. Maybe it's in your house. I'm not sure, but pick a place. It's a good habit and really important. Number two, pick a plan. You have to have a place, but I think you also have to have a plan. Because if we just say, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna read the Bible. That's my goal for the year. I wanna read more of the Bible. Well, great goal. I think everybody should pursue that. Great goal, but if we don't have a practical plan, it's not gonna happen. We're just not gonna do it because the Bible is intimidating and there's a lot of names and dates and it's complex and we'll get frustrated quickly and probably stop doing something that we don't think is benefiting us. And so we have to have a plan. We have to have an approach. We have our chair. We have that sacred spot. What's this plan? So let me talk to you about some different plans and some different approaches. Every week in the talk notes, we print a Monday through Friday reading plan. And often the scripture that you find printed there is in some way used in the teaching time. You'll notice this week, Psalm 118 is part of the reading plan. Again, this is the day God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Great words, and that's something you would read at some point throughout the week on Monday through Friday. I like to encourage everybody, just say you're gonna take 10 minutes. 10 minutes of the day, not a lot, but 10 minutes, Monday through Friday. If that seems like too much, how about 10 minutes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? Or five minutes on Monday through Friday? Whatever that looks like for you, craft something that works, but get into the Word of God. And one of the ways you can do that is with the plan that's printed in the talk notes. If you've been at this for a long time, don't settle for 10 minutes, okay? If you've been doing this a lot, then enhance what you've been doing improve it, grow it, so that you're growing your chair time with whatever your plan may be. But you gotta have a plan. The reading thoughts in the notes there on Monday through Friday are a great way to step into this. Here's something else that I encourage people to do when they're like, I'm trying to read the Bible, but I don't, you know, I don't know, what, what do I do? The book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, it's about halfway through. It's 31 chapters. It's filled with really wise statements that are applicable to how we live today. Shocking. Like really ancient words written a long time ago, but they have so much to say about life today. Wise little thoughts from wise authors. 
There's 31 of these chapters. Just pick whatever day of the week it is. Today's January the 12th. Read the 12th chapter. There's anywhere from 25 to 35 verses. And then circle or highlight a verse that really jumps into your heart is what you need for that particular day or your season of life. And then reflect on that a little bit. And boy, God gave this to me. And I want these words rolling around in my mind today. The book of Proverbs, it provides a tremendous reading plan. We also have a list of helpful life verses. I talked about this last week. You can pick it up at the Just For You table in the lobby. Three sheets of verses that I think are amazing and inspiring and bring hope, but they also challenge us. So if you're wondering, I don't know about grabbing a Bible, I don't know about reading that on my device, pick up the sheet and you can just begin on Monday through Friday reading through the different verses there. On the helpful life verses sheet, you'll also find a bunch of links. There are ways and apps you can use that get you reading the Bible that will send you a reminder. Hey, today it's Monday and here's what you need to be reading. There are all kinds of different ways you can take advantage of technology and pick a plan that gets you into the word of God. The challenge here is just pick a plan that works for you. Pick something. Get that chair time, but then you gotta have some type of approach. Hey, if you have kids in kid point, they get amazing material every week that will get you into the word of God with your kids. And you can do that with your kids or you can do that on your own. You need to know that our kids downstairs, it's not just about babysitting for them. They're taught the word of God as well. And when they come out with all those papers, there's great stuff on those sheets. And so if you're looking for a plan, you might wanna say, you know what, a couple of days a week, maybe we'll sit down as a family before we eat and we'll read a little bit of the scripture and let's see what God does with that. So that's another thing that you can do. If you're looking for something to supplement your reading of the word of God, I would recommend a book by Timothy Keller. It's actually on the book of Proverbs and you can see it right here. You can go to Amazon, it's about $15. I read this throughout the year. So there's a devotional for every, every day of the year, and it's on Proverbs. This is the best devotional book I have ever read in my life. It was profound. And I didn't actually read every day. So I'm doing it again this year. I wanna walk through it one more time. And if you got this last year, I talked about this book, not even really knowing how good it would be. If you read it last year, it would be okay to reread all of the stuff that's there. What he does is he gives a proverb and he prints that and then he provides some commentary on the proverb, on the scripture, and then he has a prayer, a way to make that applicable to your life. It is incredible. So if you're looking for a plan and you're unsure, I would encourage you to go to Amazon or wherever else books are sold. Are books sold anywhere else? I'm not sure. Wherever they're sold, and you can pick up that book, and it, it, it's transformative. It's really good. You have to have a plan when thinking about the Word of God. So pick a place, have your chair time, have a plan. Now, number three, pick a verse. Pick a verse. Find something that's meaningful and memorable I like to think of it this way. Find something that just jumps into your heart that you want to eat. Come in, I want to consume that. Wow, it's good. And when you find that, 
you've probably found your life verse for this year, something meaningful and memorable. It just jumps into your heart and you want to eat it. You've probably found your verse. Pick a place, have a chair time, have a plan, and then start reading and allow God to just plant that verse right into your heart. I believe he'll do that. I want to give you some takeaways as we think about our searching for verses. Number one, pray for your verse. Ask God to give you a good verse. Just go before our Father. Say, God, you know what I'm walking through this year. You know how I'm feeling right now. Oh, and by the way, you know everything that I'm going to encounter that I'm not even aware of quite yet, so give me a verse that will help me manage all of that and respond to that in a way that brings honor to you. I think if you ask God to give you a verse, I think he'll be very happy to do that for you. But we also have to put in the work and pick a place and pick a plan. So ask God as you do your part to do his part and to plant something in your heart that you desperately need. Yesterday, I did something that I haven't done in a long time. And that is I I came over to the church here and I walked around the church building and just prayed for our day. It was a beautiful day outside. It wasn't cold at all. I'm like, I'm gonna go walk. You know, you're supposed to exercise for 30 minutes a day, right? So I'm like, I gotta get this 30 minutes in, so I'm gonna walk around the church and just pray for today. So I did that. I prayed that people would wake up and want to be here or that kids would drag their parents to church. That's okay. We're fine with that as well. I just wanted people to come because... I knew I was thinking about this day. Wow, God made it and we're to rejoice and be glad in it and I want people to feel that and we're gonna be thinking about life verses and picking a place and a plan and encouraging people to do this. It's gonna be a good day and so I prayed that you would be here and then I prayed for you. Not necessarily by name, but I prayed that God would just work in your heart in such a way that you would be encouraged and motivated to put in the work of finding a verse. And then I ask God, give everybody here the exact verse or verses that they need for 2020. I'm praying for you in this process. Pray for yourself and ask God to give that to you. And as you pray, ask God to give you something that helps you move closer to him. Your verse might poke a little bit, might not feel great right away, but if it jumps into your heart, it might be what God wants for you. So ask God to give you a verse that moves you closer to him. Pray for your verse. Number two, read with wide open eyes. Read with interest, okay? You know how sometimes we read, we just kind of blaze through it, and then we check it off? I think we do that with scripture reading sometimes. All right, I read the whole chapter, I checked it off. God's gonna like me and give me a good life because I did that, and that's not necessarily the case. We need to read with wide open eyes, which I know can be a challenge because some of the content is difficult, and the names, oh my, the names are crazy. But as you read, read with interest and ask, what is the author trying to say here? Even with the names, the author is trying to communicate something. What is the author trying to say and how does this apply to my life? Read with eyes that are wide open. And then number three, identify verses that move your heart. 
And when you've done that, you've probably found your life verses. Which brings me to sharing the life verses that I have chosen, that I believe God has given to me for 2020. I wanna share them with you just so you know I'm on the journey with you. I'm not just asking you to read scripture and pick a place and a time and have a plan. I'm trying to work at all of this as well because it's very valuable. So here's what I believe God has given to me for 2020. First Peter chapter three, verses 15 through 16. I have to read them because I haven't memorized them quite yet. Here's what they say. Instead, you, and I'm trying to personalize that for me, Instead, you, instead, Eric, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. These are my verses. And I think they pair well with our church-wide life verses as well. Not that you need to do that, but I wanted to do that to help me remember both kind of three parts to this. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. That word Lord there has the idea of authority or leader. So I'm not the leader. I have to worship Christ as the authority, hand things over to him, do that, and if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, hey, why are you hopeful? What's that all about? (laughs) Well, always be ready to explain it. But get this, do this in a gentle and respectful way. Wow. Like when I found that, I just wanted to eat it. Because it sure doesn't seem in our culture anymore that anyone is gentle or respectful in explaining anything. It's just gone. So what would it look like if I, in explaining the hope that I have, if I did that in a gentle and respectful way, what kind of impact could that have? And what about us as a church? So these are my verses. It's what I'm memorizing and what I'm thinking about. Worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope, always be ready to explain it but do this in a gentle and respectful way. That brings us to Matthew chapter five. Last week, I asked you to memorize this. How did you do? Are you ready to say it? The words are in front of you. Should be fairly easy. Here we go. Say it with me. Matthew five fourteen through 15. You are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Great job. I think we're on our way. I remember when I was young, it was helpful to write things out on a board and then you'd begin erasing words when you were attempting to memorize them. So I have my eraser here. Let's erase some phrases and then we'll see how we do. 8.30 did a pretty good job with this, by the way. I'm a little worried about 10 o'clock, so let's keep it easy as we begin. (laughs) Let's give it a shot. You are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, that's right, great job. Okay, let's get serious now. 
Let's get serious about this. I think you're capable. Here we go, Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 15. You are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed. Yeah, you're tracking ahead of 8.30, so let's just get rid of everything, okay? I have confidence. Are you ready? I'm trying to get all the bits and pieces. Do you remember when you were in school and the teacher would erase something and there'd be like one little hanging thing and it would bother you? Like, I could just get up there and... Okay, I think we're good. Ready? Matthew 5, 14 through 15. You are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a... Give yourselves a hand. Great job. Next week, keep memorizing that, okay? Keep working on it. We want those words rolling around in our mind as we think about the one person, that's the heart of Matthew chapter five, who's the one person that God is calling us to be a bright light for as we move out of this place. We don't wanna hide our lights, let's put it on a stand so that it benefits everyone and you think about your one. Next week, I want you to be here. It's love day, and that will be a lot of fun. But here's what's going to happen in the room. I'm interviewing three different people who have already found their life verses, and they're explaining to me why they've chosen these verses, and I'm amazed. And it's incredible. And I'm going to be interviewing them, and they're going to talk to you about their verse or verses and why they've chosen them. And it's interesting because as I'm getting the information from them, they've all walked through some kind of pain or hurt. And it's often in these situations where we kind of run from God and Scripture. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. But we often kind of run away from it. What I have found is there may have been periods where these individuals did that, but yet they came back to the hope that is just bursting forth from scripture and they have landed on some words that are compelling and powerful. You need to hear what they have to say. So please be here next week, okay? Father, thank you for today and for the privilege we have of thinking about scripture. God, I pray that you'd help all of us to pick a place if we haven't done that develop a plan and then just read and allow your words to get into our hearts to the point where we want to devour and consume them. God, help us to get there. Bless everyone. Help us to find our verses. Make that clear for us. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.